Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Unfiltered Leadership with Paul, Chris, and Kalen. We're grateful that you could join us today as the team here is going to discuss the term grit and the strength of a leader, the perseverance of a valued team member to keep pursuing goals and objectives, and the mindset going forward to have a foundation of grit. We're going to be hosting a TACP officer that's going to be with us today, and he's going to be bringing a lot of great knowledge and wisdom as a leader who instills grit amongst his teams. Stay tuned. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another awesome episode of Unfiltered Leadership with Paul, Chris, and Kalen. We want to welcome everyone to this great episode we have today. We've got the honor that we're going to be sitting with one of our fellow TACP officers here at Ielson Air Force Base, Captain Kearney. Jay Kearney is not only a member of DET-1 3 Air Support Operations Squadron, but he has numerous accolades behind him. He is a very well-known officer in our community, and I would even venture to say that he is one of the go-to leaders in our community to get a lot of things done in the mission world and the operational world, but also when it comes to developing teams and to be, I would say, in the grit of uh, everything that occurs with leading someone and making sure that someone knows the priorities of what it is to grow as a member of a team and grow as a leader. Captain Kearney really leads the helm in many aspects, and he's got numerous accolades once again behind him. One of them mentioned, uh, he is the TACP officer for the Air Force of the year 2019, and that is a very big selection um, and something that will probably he'll be recognized and be remembered for for many years. But his family is his joy. His family is his passion. He's been married for six years, two kids, and he's been in the Air Force for nine years. Nine years leading TACP Airmen, and it's awesome to have you here today. Cabinet, we appreciate you. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. Kalen, thanks for the introduction. Uh, you made you sound good. Yeah. Didn't once talk about your hair, though. Can we just join you, welcome you to the Good Hair Club? I, I wish there was a camera in here yeah, to, this sh- is a good to showcase crew. everybody's hair. Everybody. Not a, not a hair if follicle put, in this room is out of place. You could really calculate, culminate, like how much money is probably invested in hair drill hair in products, this room. Yeah. We could probably get that funded by tech, like by yeah. 3 ASOS as well. Because they've got the money. It's budget. Oh, you've got to go. There we go. Uh, That's awesome. Nice. But it's really, it truly is. It's awesome that you're here today, sir. So, so that everyone knows, uh, we'll talk about the title of today's episode, but we wanted to have Captain Kearney on a couple weeks ago, and just through some other scheduling issues, we finally got him on. It's a perfect week to do this because there's a lot happening within the wing. There's a lot happening within the state of Alaska. But more importantly, there is some hot issues that kind of revolve around the title. And the, to- the title of today's episode is Leadership with Grit. And to be able to lead with a certain aptitude, a certain mindset, in a very focused, driven type of, uh, I would say, vision as a leader to get from a certain place with your team. And Captain Kearney defines leadership in many different ways, but definitely within the TACP realm. And Captain, if I can ask, we'll kind of open up this dialogue, but in your opinion, what is Jay Kearney's definition of grit? So I'm, I'm, I'm glad you asked that, and we're just discussing that. What is grit? And I, I think it's worth defining it first, and I think everybody has their own definition of what grit is. A lot of us are familiar with 
Angela Duckworth and uh, the, the TED Talk video that she did. And I, I think that she hits the nail on the head, um, particularly with me. Uh, a lot of times we look at grit as being tough mentally, physically, uh, and, and being able to go through tough times, w which is valid. And I, I think that that dovetails well with her definition of it. But more so, if, if you look at, and, and there are some other authors that have, uh, in addition to Angela Duckworth, that have written about grit, and, and we talked about it a minute ago, that uh, they use grit as an acronym to define other things, other, other personality traits. But grit being the ability to persevere for the long game and, and being able to set goals in the future that you're able to stick by. Um, and, and so not to confuse that with being, being just tough and, you, you know, you, you, can, you can be a, just a person that, that puts up with tough situations, but uh, unless you're goal setting for the long game, I, I don't think that you're able to really exercise grit in, in that definition. And so that's the way that I see grit as um, really is looking for the long game. Yeah, and I, I think, like you mentioned, Captain, I think everybody has their own their own idea of grit, their own vision of it in their head. And I think the thing you mentioned about the tough times, I think, um, for me, anyways, before I started to explore this topic, I thought of that. Like this, I had this this idealistic vision of this guy who's like maybe maybe he's in battle or something, and he's he's really gritting it, gritting it out through this this one tough instance. Whereas now that I've I've tossed that concept over my head and um, I've had to reflect on it a lot. I think there is a component of that in it too. But to your to your notion of of enduring the long game, I think there's something there about the boring everyday mundane mm -hmm. stuff that has to be included in that conversation. Like, you know, for most of us, most of us will never, hopefully, anyways, encounter a situation like that. Like like a really tough crucible that is a, is a sh of short duration that really tests you mentally and physically and all those things a lot of us will never encounter that so where does grit fall in for the for the average person the everyday um, person and a lot of times it's just right like just just there's there's i don't think we we should overlook the just getting up day to day going to the grind doing the things you're supposed to do doing them well when they're boring th that requires grit in my, in my head as well, right? I think in, in, in my vision of grit, that is certainly also in the conversation. Thoughts on that? Yeah, what do you think? Awkward pauses. <laughs> Awkward pauses. Yeah. So I think the, like, no doubt, I, I like the long haul, you know, the, the long-term mindset. And I, I think there's a, a definitely a, a connection there with uh, being an athlete. And, did and did I totally derail your question? No, with not that a, answer. No, no, because I really <laughs> like that. But I think as well, that type of mindset, it is the mundane things that you have to identify first. I think those are the things you have to look at, the survivability of being able to go through with it. I mean, we talked about just a few weeks ago, we did a podcast. I mentioned um, that one captain that kind of captiv captivated me with the statement. He said, the hardest part of leading is to be able to endure. Captain Langdon, mm -hmm. and that was still, it's one of my, the most boldest statements I've ever heard in my life, and uh, I do think it's part of that, and I think it is the long haul. Um, with that being said, though, I think that there is a lot of aspects of the sustainment of going through failures and continuous challenges. Like, let's talk about the TACP world for a second. We know 
continuous training, continuous uh, adaptation, continuous evolving into things, and then changing of the team dynamics. Let me ask you, Captain, like, as you go through that motion, you have in the position that you have, and the, the gentlemen that are below you, uh, how do you face, uh, let's say, failure or extreme challenge by still keeping a mindset that's founded by grit? Right. Um, so with, with some of those short-term setbacks and failures, it, it makes me think of the Air Force or the DOD buzzword resilience. And resiliency at a visceral level, it, you, you wrote it down. Uh, resiliency is a key component in perseverance and in grit, but it's not what grit is uh, to me. And so this is just opinion. I'm not a published author with, with research uh, and numbers back in it, like, <laughs> like Paul here is, uh, allegedly. Um, I, I know you have many leather-bound books. I'm more of an audiobook reader guy. Uh, I'm scholastically challenged. and um, But with... so. Yeah, yeah. Talking about setbacks over a career, whether it's TACP, whether it's fire, whether it's uh, being being a, a cop, uh, security forces, uh, or or Paul in, in your case working logistics, um, we're gonna have setbacks, and and it's not all driven by your career either. So your your goal might be career, but you very well may have personal setbacks within your life um, that that stress and test your resilience. Um, and to understand that, that not every obstacle is going to be work-related, but may drive uh, work-related digression. Um, and so, like, the, the way that I look at it, and, and we could be at any point in this, but the way that I look at your progression through a career or towards your goal is, is like a sine wave. Um, you're going to have ups and downs. And even if you think you're doing well, you still, still may have setbacks. You may... Uh, have some depression, you may have some stress with family or moving, PCSs and things like that. But where grit factors in, so those, the short-term uh, bounce-back ability with resilience is going to be able to get you out of that trough and back to a high point. But I think your long-term grit is still going to be, and I'm writing it down right now for listeners that can't see, but it's really like an upward progressing sine wave. Mm -hmm. So as long as you're trending upward, and that you can identify that, that your setbacks uh, are going to happen, but you're still on an upward course. I, I think therein is the mindset of grit and being able to persevere, understanding your long game, that your short-term atmospherics don't necessarily define um, your outcome at the end of it. Yeah, I think I, I agree, right? And if you if you draw your, your overall trend is trending up, even though there's that up and down and because um, we're all going to face the setbacks. But I, for me, I I didn't fully understand the concept of grit until I started to really reflect on myself. Like early in my, um, you know, kind of 20s when I got in a lot of trouble and, and my learning curve was was flat, sometimes probably a little bit downhill, backwards. Um, it was because I didn't do any reflection on that. So, so there was, I, I don't think I had grit at that point because now I think that grit requires some reflection on like, okay, what... How did that happen? What was my role in that? Kind of, and I think there's a, a, a tangential um, relationship between grit and the concept of stoicism. And all stoicism is just understanding that you don't control everything. You control like how you react to things. So I think that's a huge part of, 
of grit is that I have to understand like what my my reaction played a role in my failure. What was it? And then um, you know, kind of kind of reflecting on that and and an effort to get better in that. I think that's also for me is in the conversation of grit. Like you won't you don't find many gritty people that aren't reflecting on what's going on around them and their role in in those things. I think I think that's that's crucial. Yeah, I think self reflection plays a vital role in, in your ability to persevere, or like you said, the buzzword, resiliency. Um, one thing that comes to mind for me when you talk about grit is like the passion that you have towards whatever it is that you're doing. You're saying those long-term goals, you might have short-term setbacks or short-term success in something, but you're looking at something long-term. How passionate are you about that goal or whatever it is that you're trying to achieve? And then how hard are you willing to work for that? And then when you do have those setbacks, looking at doing some self-reflection, looking back at what it was that set you back. And then again, I think that passion or whatever it is that, you know, motivates you or drives you to accomplish whatever set goal intertwines. Like you said, there's that parallel, you know, um, connection to, to grit with passion. And I, I don't think you can lead without passion. I don't think there's a whole lot of things you can do in daily life without being passionate towards it. Um, and we do, we go through a lot of things, mundane things, the day to day grind that, um, you know, that sometimes just seems easy in itself, but there's something to where deep down inside, there's a little bit of passion that's pushing you to, to come to work every day or to, to do whatever that task is that feels mundane or, um, feels ordinary to you. So I think passion like absolutely feels a person's grit. I feel like you can really identify, like you can see people there. Like I, I would, use, I would use you all day long, Paul, and I would use other people that we know, but there, you know, there's people that you meet that are intellectually like brainiacs, and yeah. you can tell they're way above like your mindset, but they're they're just sneeze at what they do. Yeah. You meet other people that are extreme hard workers that have a fire in them to just really pursue what the objective is, and then you meet other people that are like, man, there is some type, there is something inside them. They're like, you can't explain it. You want to say the word is grit, but you meet them. And there is this uplifting attitude. They say things, and you walk out, and you're, and you're just motivated by the two-second talk that you had with them, or the things that they do. Their actions carry volumes for weeks and months after you see them. And there's those people that you meet that yeah, I would say that you can't define what that fire is, but if you were to define it with a word, the word would be grit. And I think it's it's exciting to see those people like that because I think they're a blood diamond. They're a rare breed to see, and then when you see them, uh, we fail at times to be able to have certain people and to, I would say, soak the knowledge, but to buddy hip yourself and say, I'm going to attach myself to this guy or this gal for months to come because I they have too much to offer, this fire that's around them and that they carry with them. And it's exciting to see that when the blood diamonds do come around. Yeah, would you say grit is learned or practiced or born or I think that is I think there are people I mean it goes back to you could go back to the classic question are leaders made or leaders born the way that they are and I think in my Kaylin's personal opinion I think that maybe it's enabling (laughs) I think that leaders are I think that leaders are made but I think that people are born through having certain characteristics but I think that 100% I think they're they're made and I think grit is taught and grit is absorbed by other people that carry those virtues.
Yeah, nature versus nurture. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it sounds a lot like the way that we define derive. Yeah, very well. Uh, as well. Yeah, yeah. I think, back to your point, Chris, passion, because you're not, if you, you got to slug through the boring, mundane stuff, um, I think, I think grit involves that stuff, and you don't, you can't, it's so much easier to throw in the towel and give up when you don't have a passion for something or, you know, you mentioned you just read start with why, right? Like if your why isn't really connected to sure. to something that's deeper, it's so much easier to just face a roadblock, especially when the roadblocks get tougher and tougher and they keep coming um, and they're at every turn and that sinuous wave you're talking about is, is undulating and like I'm throwing in the towel, man, because it's not connected. Like I'm, I'm out. I have to have some passion. It's got to be really connected to something. And one of you guys said it, the ability to self-identify and self-reflect I think is really important and own it when you're in a lull, mm -hmm. which is fine. Um, and it, so shifting this conversation a little bit, and, and I hope I'm not derailing you guys too bad, but uh, we're doing introspection, uh, almost flip it the other way around, and how we, we talked about is, is grit learned? Is it, are you born with it? Is it taught? How do we instill grit in folks within our organizations uh, and, and not just limiting to organizations but uh, maybe some people outside of our workplace um, that, that we may be mentoring or have influence over? I, I would say um, there's certainly an opportunity within a controlled environment to give people things that you know are gonna are gonna are a little bit outside their comfort zone a little bit taxing they're gonna are gonna cause them force them to kind of reach down a little bit below what they think they might have in in a controlled environment where failure is is completely acceptable the the thing is definitely above the waterline it's not going to cause any life limb or sight kind of stuff um you know but but looking for those opportunities and, and if they're not readily available you can create some right like if every leader within their sphere of influence whether they have a team of two or they have an entire squadron or whatever the case may be they have the freedom to create those opportunities right and and i i would even venture to say kind of you have a responsibility to to create some of those opportunities that are going to test them a little bit sure um i think i think that's one way you can start to do that a little bit yeah and and you, you make me think of a specific example um so he's he's probably going to kick me for bringing him up uh i've i've got a personnelist at the unit and uh like a lot of his day-to-day -day is line of sight taskings very uh very kind of short bursts of needing to put focus in something and then it's gone mm -hmm. uh quick communication on stuff there's some stuff that he'll have to follow up on but otherwise it's it's um it's pretty short so um i identified that and and realized something that's missing with him is he hasn't been given opportunities for long-term projects mm -hmm. and instead of having these small task listings that, by his computer that he goes to every day and, and knocks out, uh, I gave him a big rock and, and a big project. And something that I've tried to be more self-aware of is uh, pairing uh, opportunities with education. Um, and so giving him this project and then I followed up and gave him a class on project management. 
Um, and, and we spent about an hour and a half talking about how to manage a project and how to manage a team. But the, the dynamic of, of throwing a long-term, a six-plus-month plus or, or longer project that somebody's going to have to work on, that they're, they're used to doing short stuff, um, planning, structuring, yeah. setting a monthly goal focus. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and can really throw people for a loop. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I did that purposefully to challenge him in that way. And, and I think that that dynamic has really changed him for the better. Um, and, and so looking at opportunities for people and, and looking at the right opportunities and, and how to shape them I think is important. And by no means am I getting it perfect. Uh, and Paul, you just mentioned, uh, I've got a couple notes here. You said failure is ex- accepting failure or failure being okay. And w- what's interesting is our unit vision uh, at the third ASOS, so the whole squadron, not just the debt, is it's not a vision statement, it's a logic model. And our, our leaders at the debt came up with it. And part of it is, what it's getting at is, is creating adaptable teams um, with a growth mindset. And one of, the, one of the ideas written in there is acceptable to fail. Mm-hmm. But a tagline to that is using outside the box ideas and ensuring the throttle is thrown forward. So we're giving people opportunities and we're encouraging them to take risks. But we're doing it in an environment where it is acceptable to fail when you are taking those risks. Um, and then, uh, like when I, when I sit guys down to do their initial in processing or in brief with me at the unit, uh, I'll sit them down for like an hour, hour and a half and get to know them. And we'll talk through the vision and talking through the value of failure. Um, and this ties in with grit, but the value of failure that, you get your best takeaways when when you completely uh, miss the boat on something. Like when, when we have wins, we're not going to remember it the way that we're going to remember the F-ups, mm-hmm. if, if that makes sense. And so some of the best lessons come out of failing, um, and, but having a culture where guys are on board to coach each other through it, I think is vitally important in instilling grit in, in folks and achieving that upward trending sine wave yeah before before chris goes (laughs) he's got the ball but just real quick on that i think there's a there's a relationship between how how close to perfect your the end result is to the amount you learn to some degree right like to your point the the further you kind of get away from that perfect target the more you learn because if it's perfect zero zero learning good i it went the way i thought it would boom, uh, press on, right? The further you get away to some degree, I think maybe there's a relationship about super far out, like extreme failure and you, that kind of stuff. But you, you, you've read Fail Forward. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly, right? Yeah. yeah, I think. And and like they talk about, uh, hopping in a second here. Um, <laughs> Chris, no, you're good. good. Uh, you know, for, for, forgive me for being more of an audio book guy, but uh, like with, with Fail forward. Uh, one example or vignette that they have in there is um, it might be three organizations, but I think it was like two companies uh, to 
create a product, if you will. And the one company, uh, their going in mindset was we're, we're going to create uh, the perfect end product. And so they spend so much time creating this perfect thing uh, and create less of them. And then the other company, their going in is we're just going to mass produce. Mm -hmm. And our goal is mass production, and we're gonna try and tweak it along the way, but we're not so afraid of failing and getting it wrong, when at the end, that second company ends up having a more perfect product. Right, and, and to the grid conversation, it, you know, which, com which company is probably built some grid along the way, mm -hmm. right? Like, yeah. you know, but Chris, please, I'm, we're sorry. Oh, my turn now? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I get to go? Yeah. All right. No, uh, so as I'm listening to you, Cap Gurney, like I'm thinking of all these thoughts that are running through my head, and um, you talk about the messaging at your unit. So you're broadcasting that to every single young airman who comes through that failure is okay, like, and we're gonna fail as a team, but we'll also grow as a team because you want them to to you know encompass that growth mindset um, as they develop as young leaders, young airmen, young men, um, and so. I kind of want to shift it a little bit though, but keep that same idea of allowing failure. But you, you, you were talking about anybody can be led with, um, with grit and how do you, how do you instill that? And, um, I look at my kids and like the four of us can, and go back to the question, where does it start? Is it born or is it learned? I think it's partially learned. Like if I look at my childhood, um, my dad was like a cement mason, blue collar worker, like, you know, work long hours and just like worked himself like crazy and so i look at that and that was my influence of hard work gets you somewhere in life like yeah plain and simple and to to look at my dad and the definition uh you know we've thrown out so many different things of passion and you know persevering and all these great you know uh words that were tying into grit and all i can think about is like my dad and like the example that he set for me so i think it's i, I think it's fully I think you, a little bit of it is born, but I think a lot of it is learned from your upbringing. So when I'm looking at my kids, how am I, how am I teaching them grit? And so some of the things that come to mind there is the mental tough, mental toughness, um, street smarts. I think kids nowadays like they're so in tune with you know what's going on on you know video games and um, social media and those things. They lose tune with what is going on in the world around them. Their situational awareness. Their um, lack of understanding of the way the world operates around them. And so I, I think that goes hand in hand with um, with grit as well. And then I also like to give my um, kids uh, hard tasks that are age appropriate, but that they might fail at or they might need my help on. And but I want them I want to encourage them to ask for that help when it's needed um, and to and to fail forward. So I, I, I think that's just we looked at different avenues and stuff. And one thing that we want to try and do on this on this podcast is um, tied into different different things not just military related so when we look at our kids and how we raise them um i think grit isn't an, a, a topic that comes up when we talk about our kids i want right. a kid to be gritty um yeah you want them to you know what i mean like roll in the sand yeah right yeah like, i think at the same time like grit is not a thing that Lick like the they uh, when they're uh, like you don't really hear the word grit when you're young right yeah like when you're in school, your teacher doesn't talk about yeah. Let's let's be gritty or let, let's maybe like high school when you're like a football team or yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's what I was just like, gonna say. Like you learn those things when you get to definitely sports or excuse me, uh, sports based teams or you're preparing for something um, very uh, very 
objective focused uh and that's when you hear this but it's amazing that chris you take it upon yourself to want to kind of show the values or the the characteristics of grit at such a young age because well, i don't you, think i'd ever like we said we don't i don't think i'd ever really tie it into grit but now talking about it and like man maybe that is a little yeah. bit of grit that we're instilling into I think our children but yeah yeah i think um for i've been doing this a lot is is testing this hypothesis is how close is leadership to parenting? And the, the more I take the question that's posed in a leadership vein and, and apply it to parenting, I and let me let me work this through or challenge me if you think I'm wrong, but sure. I think they're exactly the same. I think yeah. they're they're 99%. Nothing's 100, right? I don't like I don't like polarizing things. But um, one thing I think about in that respect, Chris, is is how do you build grit in your kids? It is very similar to leadership. It's what, one of the ways that I think we need to be very, very deliberate is the difference between what we say and what we do. Because mm-hmm. despite the fact that we tell people, our kids, people we lead ourselves, that failure is okay, it's so hard. It's it's so hard. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is, like, I, I can say, hey, Kaylin, man, like, we get, right? like we're, we're going to know each other, and I'm your raider or whatever. You're my raider, maybe. Um, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, and, I, and we go, hey... Failure is, it's its cool to fail, man. Like, in, in fact, I welcome it, right? And we have this model. But as soon as you say, hey, I failed, and I go, Ooh, let's have a oh, talk. Okay, what's, wh- how did you fail? If there's any even in- inclination yeah. that I even wince one eyebrow, right? And that, that happens times five uh, a year, times three years we're together. You, you know what I mean? Like, like the message is, I, what I'm saying with my words is, it's okay to fail, but what I'm saying with every other action is it's not right and so we do that with our kids like even so much so if if uh you got a van captain are you a van guy i'm i got <laughs> what a van what kind of question is that? i'm He's leaving got somewhere i got a, i got a van so i'm, I'm driving the van <laughs> automatic right? doors on, on the odyssey automatic doors uh the back goes up you can right? deck He's, those things out though. yeah they can't be pretty slick it's nice got a um van. and the kids are in the back right and i'm, I'm telling them that failure is okay awesome. but I'm talking to Erica in the front seat and I'm and I'm talking about work and I go, Oh man, like I really failed the boss today and there's this tone of of sadness in my voice. What are they picking up from that? Right? So like I, I think one of the things is just being very, very deliberate about the the language mm-hmm. that we use and, and when I say language I mean all things that encompass language to include body language, yeah. right, posture, all those kind of things because what happens so often is we say one things with our mouth, failure is okay, and we say everything. Everything else is contrary to that. Fail, failure is not okay in some situations. Yeah. So, what did you learn from failing, and what did you take away from it? If if you didn't learn anything, or if you failed out of laziness, then then that may be a different conversation. Or or you, you cage it and say why why do you perceive yourself as lazy and and then you start to look at you personally and maybe some things you've been dealing with and and how we reshape it failure is only okay because of what comes on the back end of it it's the learning and it's the process fixes and and it's and it's redeveloping yourself and your people um and so it's not like hey we're hosting the air show and it was a huge flop like there because we didn't put any effort in. Or Be- because we didn't put effort into it. That's not what I'm saying. Right. Um, effort is assumed with failure being acceptable. Yeah. Um, and so it's the criteria that you go into it 
where where it can be okay or, or not okay. And and you nailed it with your reaction to somebody saying that they failed something. Mm-hmm. Because if your body language disarms them um, or not disarm them, if, if your body language says that, that that really upset you, then now their walls are up. Right. Mm-hmm. And now they're not going to be as open to learning from it and having a discussion with you. Sure. And, and then how often do people fail and then they don't bring it up to their boss or their peers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and like, Chris, you brought it up, you, you know, that we're pushing that in our organization. By no means do we have it right. Yeah. And by no means is everybody bought off on it. Mm-hmm. And I have to catch myself in, in making sure that I'm not putting off that wrong body language because... I, I know there's 30 some folks down the street that would say, hey, Cap seemed really pissed off about this. And you know what? Could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all learning from it. And, and it's going to take time to, to get that culture uh, where we want it. I think that not uh, doing anything with the gift of failure in itself is an even greater failure. Mm-hmm. To sit there, to not uh, to hide the failure or to not have a follow-up or to attack the potential that there's there's an opportunity there to correct something or to strengthen the team or strengthen mindset is an even greater failure because the gift of failure is there presentable ready to teach us something ready to give us opportunity and uh, I, I kind of translating some of the things you said there is please do I'm not always good with words no no, no you're good like, <laughs> I, you're, you're peeling back the onion yeah. because you wanted to you know figure out what is it that led us to this failure not yeah. that Okay, crap, we failed at this point. Right. All right, and, and so it, be it. Yeah, and it's not all doom and gloom. Like, praise the people that took risks. Mm-hmm. Pra- praise praise your folks and reward them for taking the risks that might have been outside of what they were comfortable with doing or, or they've never experienced this before. And they failed at it. But So not only are you getting lessons learned with it, but you're saying good on you and, and uh, expressing gratitude and uh, almost rewarding it in some manner. So you, you just sparked something. You're tying into my next question for you, Kevin, is you you posed a question earlier about how do we instill characteristics or uh, foundations of grit in our squadrons or in teams? How do we build that type of mentality or that aptitude? And one of the things, I mean, Paul, you kind of shared what you, what you had to say. And one of the things that immediately came to mind is courageous leadership, courageous thinking courageous uh training so on and uh we all probably have courageous leaders that come into our head and you immediately think of people that mentored you or people that led you commanders chiefs that were there that were very courageous in the way they carried themselves or how they went against the grain and i mean today's air force today's military our small teams today's today just our culture in general in our nation right now being courageous has different definitions right now. You can be courageous to stand against a civil action, or you can be courageous and to stand up for a person, a, a group of people. And I think being courageous is, it takes a lot. And it takes, uh, it takes endurance, just like we mentioned earlier, but it takes someone that is willing to risk every bit of credibility, every bit of accolade behind them to be courageous to say, I'm putting everything on the table because I know the potential, I know what could come of this. And it just needs to be someone that's gonna be treading in water and someone that's really willing to risk everything at hand for the betterment of other people. And uh, 
I think there's grit within that can be delivered immediately after someone that is courageous in everything they do to go against the thinking that has been there for years or the way that a culture is set and say, it's time to change this. It's time to start anew. It's time to have a new blanket here. Um, what's your thoughts on that, sir? You're, you're making me think of, so you're, you're talking about courageous leaders and, and leaders not necessarily by duty position, but you can be courageous at, at any level of an organization uh, within your family, within your community. And courageous doesn't just mean running into a gunfight. Uh, courageous is um, is sharing with your organization when you are in a low point. Um, I I called up. Uh, so we have a we have an in-house uh, civilian uh, exercise physiologist at at our unit, and so he's he's our strength and conditioning coach, Blake. I, I called him up this morning and. Um, by no means is this courageous, but me, uh, and I think tying back into how do you how do you instill grit in your organization is I think being courageous enough to share with them when you're when you're not on top. Uh, this this facade that that everything's always honky dory and hey how are you doing oh I'm doing great that's that's such a BS canned answer. Um, I, I called Blake up this morning and I said, hey, dude, I, I just wanted to let you know kind of where I was physically. I, I haven't been working out the last month. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of uh, not clinically depressed, but like I'm, I'm kind of at a low point right now. Um, marriage is fine, but my, my wife and my two daughters are spending the summer. They're spending the next three months with family back in Michigan. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just me at the house with the dog and the cats. Um, but like it totally threw me off my schedule more than, more than I expected. And I'm actually less productive at work right now. Um, even with more time of that time, not being taken away from them. But, um, now I don't budget my time. I haven't been working out, which then throws off my diet. Uh, I'm not sleeping well. Uh, and I'm just lethargic through the day. Um, and I think us as leaders being courageous enough or, or being self-aware enough to know that that's important to share with your people when you're not doing so hot and, and the venue, transparency. Yeah. And, and the venue needs to be right for it. But I think that that's worth to, to be truthful with them. Um, that, that it's okay to be in a low point yeah. and that, in and of itself expresses grit. And I think a way that we convey that to our folks is, hey, like I'm self-identifying that I'm in a low point, but I'm also talking through how I'm gonna get out of it. Mm -hmm. When they're in that situation, they're like, oh crap, so-and-so or, you know, Senior Hammer was dealing with that the other month. Like, I'm, I'm not totally hosed. Uh, and, and he's doing great now or, yeah. so I- Great example of a leader like just being fully vulnerable, sharing, being transparent, and sharing that it's okay to come forward. I think that that story really relates to me because because uh, me and the family went uh, to New Mexico to spend some time with some some uh, some family there, and uh, I came back early, and they spent a couple three weeks, and I had this notion that I was going to come back, I was going to put the house together 100, percent do some do some projects around the house, get two days at the gym knock out extra classes and like within two days I was like it was hard to get up for work and I was like what is going on so just just a reminder that right like everybody 
gets punched in the face sometimes. And I think part of the grit conversation is 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 that self reflection to go, okay, this is where I'm at. I'm in that I'm in that bottom of that wave right now. And then having the the reflection to go, I know what to do. I need to reach out to somebody, whether it be right, like you know he's gonna be held held accountable he's gonna hold you accountable that's why you reach out to him. yeah and and then the constructive end of the conversation is me talking through like hey how am i right. gonna get out of this uh dude what time are you gonna be at the gym in the morning i'm gonna meet you there yeah. and, I, and i even said it to him over the phone uh now it's not just me holding myself accountable somebody else like I, yeah. yeah i think it's important to voice it to other people so that they're not only aware to help you but they're they're aware of of your goals, if you will, uh, whether it be short term or long term, and, and that makes me think of this idea that uh, again in my head, maybe previous this conversation, grit is this guy alone, right? Like like he's getting rained on, it's cold, but he's chugging on anyways. Maybe grit is is having the courage to sometimes reach. So so grit is not a maybe it's a team sport too, right? To some degree, like there's this. There's this notion of the this, the lone genius, like Einstein was alone in his apartment coming up with these these uh, theories by himself. Not the case, right? He had intellectual partners that he had to bounce stuff off of. Sure, he went back into solidarity at points and worked through some stuff because working through that messy stuff sometimes that can be embarrassing and it needs to happen away from people. But to to that to that end, grit is not a lone sport. Grit is is knowing when to reach out and, and grab a handhold on someone else and yeah. go, hey man, like I need you to I need you to help pull me through this a little bit. I think that that might be part of grit too. And and even in our line of work, being in the military, killing people is a team sport. Yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's it's a tough reality for people to face statements like that. Like knowing at the end of the day what the military holistically is purposed to do. Yep. That is a hundred percent. That's a reality that people don't like to face. And like you embarrassed me at the beginning and uh, talked about uh, accolades and uh, a recent award I got. There was a whole unit behind that annual Air Force award. Absolutely. Um, It it was my name on the award, but my organization name is also on the twelve oh six, and that organization won that award. Mm Uh, and, and there was a couple other teams I worked with. I, I worked with uh, uh, a weapon system advisory council, um, and, and all those dudes won that award too. Um, I, I even put the, the award uh, in my soup's EPR because he just as much deserves credit for it a, as me. Yeah. It, it's a team sport. You're, Absolutely. You're right. So you've thrown off a couple verbal cues for me to throw this word out that we've shared quite a bit you're pinging vulnerability like so i'll ask the three of you this like uh is grit a systemic problem in the air force in the in the lack of yeah in the sense that it's um a lot of people aren't willing or don't have the capacity or don't know who to turn to in a time of struggle um, and embody some of that grit uh, that would push you to ask for help. Is it a systemic problem in the Air Force? But also being like driven minded and focused like towards goals and objectives. Um, so I have my own theory with all this, but I, I think that. So I would say yes, mm-hmm. but I think it is definitely cultural within AFSCs. Sure. Um, within different jobs. Right? Within different jobs. Yeah. 
but I believe if we're talking about institutionally within an entire force, I think very much of that can be linked to what our core values are. Mm-hmm. And our core values being what they are and you know, it, it, everything we hold ourselves to and what our core values have been for decades now. I think there's discussion to even say, are the core val- values missing things that we need to have in our Air Force today? I think there's a lot of leaders that are looking at that too. Like, what are what are we saying? What is our mes- messaging there, and what aren't we saying? When we say integrity first, right. you know, how specific are we being there with certain things? When right. we say excellence in all we do, you know, all these certain things, uh, I think that opens up the window too. Uh, yes, I, I, I personally, Kalen, do believe it. it's great. Is there a lack thereof institutionally? Yeah. Yes, but is it heavy? But in when it comes careers? to in regards to when it comes to opening up like Captain Kearney did, saying, hey, I, I'm struggling right now. I need some, yeah. I need some freaking help. And thankfully you have, um, you know, your coach, your strength coach that, you know, is there to pick you up. Go ahead. I, I talk to my boss uh, every day yeah. on, the, on the phone. He's, he's down at J Bear in Anchorage. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, we'll talk, and, and I'll let him know if I'm having a rough time. Yeah. We're, we're pretty candid with each other. Yeah, so, that, again, that just screams signs of, of – Willingness to share your vulnerability with each other. Guards down. I'm open to you. I'm open book at this point. I'm going to tell you whatever is on my mind. And it takes a, a special kind of person, your squadron commander. I mean, I, I'm sure that, that, you know, that he's, uh, you know, always willing to lend an ear. And I, I think, and, and he reciprocates it. And so he, yeah, he, 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 he right. It's he, a two-way. He, he shares as well, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a rare... I don't want to say luxury, but it's, it's a rare luxury to have someone where you can confide in them. Not only are they your boss, and then they come, you know, come back at you with some of the things that are going on in their life. And I think that, you know, that goes so far in building that culture that you're trying to work towards. Um, having a leader at the top of your organization who's willing to do those things. And, and not everybody gets privy to that. Maybe you and him are the only two that have that conversation. But then it goes from you down to your mass sergeant and so down you know down the chain of command and uh so i I think that's just so huge when you know we talk about um you know grittiness or um being able to bounce back or the resiliency piece or whatever it is to have that avenue have that person that you know you can confide in and that you can trust with that information and i I think it's i think we have that in the three of us paul chris and kaylin well because i mean talking myself in the but we have a culture in our own right (laughs) three wild and crazy guys yeah Yeah. wild and crazy guys but just oh my god i haven't seen that in forever um but even that alone i watch it after even that alone like we have a culture in ourselves but chris go back to your question like what's the answer to your own question like do you believe there is a lack thereof or do you think that it's it's AFSC cultural or I think it can be yeah I I think there are some cultural mindsets that you know I've got to be tougher or stronger and I can't share some of my feelings or thoughts or anything like that I I think we've come a long ways as as an Air Force um, to uh, or as an enterprise to to fix some of those things and there's no like one size fits it all kind of deal, but um, I think we've made strides in that avenue. I think just within the units, they, they, we've got to get better. We've got I, to have. I commend him because, like, uh, this is not to give you more shine or anything, Kevin. But we're talking about we're talking about like the TACP career field right now. Like yeah. we're focusing on a little bit of his background. We're talking about operators being able to do some things to be able to make 
the toughest decisions that more than 80% of our airmen have to every single day and to go into climates and go to atmospheres they know they're going to face combat and they're going to face certain things and they're going to face challenges but you're talking about a career field that is very alpha male it is very dominant and it's very aggressive and you're going to see probably more than ever career fields like attack p other battlefield airmen afscs fire security forces and many uh, oh probably not many others but only select others that are going to be very hard shell Mm-hmm. very off and very driven focus on objective or fact-based type of uh, mission focuses instead of the opportunities that are there to be vulnerable, the mm-hmm. opportunities there to be very open and candid to people on their team, mm-hmm. to call shit out when it needs to be called out and to build the team a little bit better. And you're not going to see that all the time. And um you just kind of sparked some thoughts there that, you know, it's it's ironic that we're talking to an officer mm-hmm. from the TACP community who probably was groomed and brought up in a community where that is not instilled. Vulnerability is not probably instilled at a, as a young TACP officer. Right. And the fact that you're in the year and now and you've adopted that mindset, you've cultured it within your organization, I think speaks a lot not only about your character, but it speaks a lot about what other people are doing in our community here at Ielson, building that type of mindset and how it's it's really sparking other installations. Mm-hmm. So along that line, and question back to you, Chris, how do we change that? Mm-hmm. How, how do we encourage vulnerability in our organizations and uh, across the Air Force? And I, I think the wrong answer is, is to look at it as encouraging it across the Air Force. Um, I, I think you first have to realize that there's no right way or there's no right size answer to this. Uh, if, it's a, if it's a top-down driven approach and, and we're fed to be vulnerable, it's not gonna stick. Right. How do we grassroots it? Yeah. You know what I mean? And so like we're having a conversation in here and recording it for a podcast and I'll probably pull it up on Spotify and hate listening to my own voice. <laughs> we all do. It's a real thing. Um, but can can we use this platform as just a recording of guys coming up with ideas on how to fix the issues? Mm-hmm. So I, I would I would pose that to you, um, and and not so much as as a um, having a talk on a podcast, but just as a dude. How do we? How do we impact the rest of the Air Force, if not the military and DOD, in encouraging a movement like that? Yeah, and, and I think, because we're, it's like salmon swimming up a, up upstream, like we're fighting, not only are we fighting society, culture, where men feel like they have to be strong and mm-hmm. and brave and all these things, and but we're also fighting the military culture, which is like that times tenfold. So mm-hmm. it's like this, it's very difficult to get after For For me, one of the things that was kind of pivotal for me understanding the vulnerability thing was, was reading some Brene Brown stuff and um, specifically Daring Greatly where she talks about the connection between shame and vulnerability and uh, the willingness to face it. And um, she breaks it down into kind of like what, what triggers men and what triggers women? What are the top triggers for men and what are the top triggers for for women? And um, 
According to her, anyways, yeah. her decades of research. What does she know? Her thousands upon thousands yeah. of um, the the number one sugar for men, and we can. Uh, there's five men in here. We can all you know, yay or nay this. But is is the the number one trigger of shame for men is a fear of looking weak. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Right, like like. The, and, and she goes on to point out, like, the thing that gets us in relationships is when, even if she doesn't mean to, but if your significant other, he or she or whoever, um, even says something that makes you think that they're indicating that you're not, that you're weak, mm-hmm. right? Like, like is speaking to the fact that you can't do something, like, that triggers shame and you guard against that with vulnerability. So, for, for me to answer your question, Captain, is, like, how do we grassroots start to get after that? For for me, it starts with the five meter target myself, or is that the zero meter target? I don't know. Right, whatever. It the starts with me. One. The closest one. It starts <laughs> with me, and I I need to understand like okay, that's a thing. That's a that's an identified thing. It's okay to it's if I can if I can mention it, I can manage it because now it's a thing. It's an understood thing, and now I can start looking at that and going, man, I I I'm a little bit reluctant to be vulnerable there. Is it because potentially my shame was triggered because I I perceive myself as potentially looking at being being viewed as weak there so like and then and then the next step for me anyways in that grassroots effort to help other people understand that vulnerability is okay is then to vocalize that and talk about it at every kind of opportunity that i can absolutely and and it's it's not just vulnerability in in sharing it's it's vulnerability in being comfortable with having a trans transparent conversation with somebody and um being letting your guard down enough that people are comfortable giving you feedback um because sometimes our positions uh preclude people from being as comfortable giving us feedback and and yes there's a there's a lens on the alpha approach and if if we're not strong uh you know we can't be shown as as weak uh along the lines of what you were saying uh that's a weakness i would argue that vulnerability is being strong Mm -hmm. and being comfortable with with being transparent and sharing is courage how do we change the narrative yeah well and i I think just one thought chris has got something probably a much more uh (laughs) <laughs> impactful than this Doubt but it. but back to the whole like um you know what what we say and what we do like i think part of that is is very similar to that i need to not only say that i welcome the feedback and be vulnerable and so but but my actions also need to mm-hmm. to say the same thing like going so that, back to your kids in the car seat going back to in kids the car seat, seat. yeah 100 right like if i say hey vulnerability is important but then i i come in from a real tough workout and someone goes hey how was it and i go piece of cake bro (laughs) right like but they saw me laying on the floor like it's okay to say man that was rough Mm. like like you know and that's a superficial example but like or like let's take it to relationships right like like hey how did last night go man like me and the wife had a had a tough conversation about some stuff she she felt like i'm not pulling my weight around like Mm. like you, you have to not only say it's okay but you need to model the behavior and then like it's it's like you know shooting the messenger that brings you bad news and then the next evolution of that is don't shoot the messenger the next evolution of that 
um, out of out of Daniel Coyle's uh, uh, culture code is embrace the messenger, right? Like it's not just don't shoot the guy that brings you the feedback or the bad news, but it's thank them for the hey, mm. I appreciate that man. Like yes. without that, Gratitude, I can't. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, Catherine, you asked, uh, how do we encourage vul- vulnerability? And we use, like, grassroots, and it's got to be organic. Like, it can't be fake. And when things come down from the top, especially, I think, in the military, just the Air Force, you know, specifically speaking, um, things feel forced. And it doesn't feel like, hey, I'm buying into this necessarily, and, and, it, and I'm being told I have to do this as opposed to wanting to do this. Like, I want my team to be open and share their feelings and thoughts with me and be comfortable enough to do those things. Yeah. But if the Air Force were to come down and say, share your thoughts and feelings with your leadership, it, it, that ain't it, happening. It, it can't, yeah, it can't be a construct. And it's not holding hands either no. and touchy-feely stuff all the time. It's not. And, and it's not always... It's not always you spilling your guts. Right. It, it's being forthcoming with people. Yeah. It's sharing your opinion. Yeah. Truth telling is tough too. Like, and that, that's that's a lot of vulnerability as well as being able to tell the truth. People, we talk about this all the time. The LHFs, the lying, lying, hiding, and faking. Yeah. Like people go through their daily motions doing those things, and then they're doing more LHFs to to thusly hide up the previous ones. And so, um, when you have a culture, uh, um, a foundation of vulnerability, it, it eliminates. I think a majority of those things. So how do we infect more people with this? Oh, a COVID. Will you tell <laughs> the rest of the TechP community about this podcast? Yeah. That's number one. Let them know about this. We'll bring them in. Yeah. Um, Force them to... Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Put <laughs> the headphones, Spotify. Yeah, hold the headphones no. on them. <laughs> I think that... I mean, you're asking such a broad question. I do. I, I agree with Chris that it has to be... Those initiatives have to be organic and they have to start with people being brave and kind of changing a culture and sparking, igniting uh, growth mindsets versus fixed mindsets because that's what really holds you in the box of being vulnerable, right, is having a fixed mindset that you need to be certain things and you need to lie, you need to hide, you need to fake certain things. Um, Because of uh, a fear of looking weak. But I will say this too, the role model of seeing that one brave person that holds, I would say, grit, focused leadership mm-hmm. um, really is motivating to people. If people, I, I'm a very receptive person. I try to be as much as I can. I can be very fixed mindset with certain things, but I try to be very, um, I try to open up my, my sight picture very much to motivational people that I'm like, man, there's something with that person mm-hmm. that I want to know more about. I want to know if they're lying, hiding, faking. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to trigger certain questions that I can get to know them more. Yeah. And I want to see how genuine they right. are. And when I do find those genuine people, I lock onto them. And I think that's the motivating thing. Cause if I've, if I've gotten sparked by that one person, I know that I can spark yeah. others. Right. And, uh, it's just how much do we do we broadcast it? What what is uh, our ability to broadcast it to the masses? And so, did that person, like Paul was saying, did they start by looking at themselves and saying, "How can I be vulnerable?" And then becoming that, embodying that, and then finding those people, like you're saying. I think those people have already done that. I think they've already looked at themselves and saying, "Can I be vulnerable with with my the people around me?" And if not, my guards up then I'm not sharing anything. But as soon as you find those people and you unlock that door or whatever, and then you find those people that are vulnerable, and this goes back to embedding that with, within your squadrons or within your units um, organically, then you find those agents within your organization and you start breaking down those barriers like you and your commander are doing and thusly having that trickle-down effect. And I think that that is how you infect 
your unit or your workplace or your, you know, your family or whatever it is. It starts with you. You've got to want to change. You've got to want to have a passion and a purpose behind being open and honest with people. And if you're not open and honest, then you can't expect others to do the same. And then, and then back to the conversation of grit, you have to understand that, number one, right, like to your point, Chris, is you have to, you have to be willing to be passionate for that change because you have to see the benefits in it and you have to be willing. But you have to understand, like, that you're in for the long haul because change is not going to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. Like, you have, to, you have to understand this is, you have to be gritty in that, in that effort to affect, infect change. Yeah. Um, Captain, so we're out of time. Uh, that went fast. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, we'll have to have you on for a round two. Um, but we kind of we cap every podcast with the question of what is your development diet, right? So what, not, not what are you necessarily eating? You know, your five servings of fruits and vegetables, but. No, no, I, don't, I don't eat fruits. <laughs> no fruits only. The carnivore diet. Yeah. Just little T-bones every day. Yeah. Air, air is enough. That's, that's what I had for lunch, just a bunch of meat. Yeah, it's just a pile of meat. Yeah. Um, but, but not more importantly, but, but also just as important is what are you putting in your brain? Right. What do you what do you what do you got going on? What are you reading podcasts you're listening to? Self development. De- Kiefer stuff. Sutherland, designated survivor on Netflix. Yes. <laughs> it's okay. a great show. So now I I wanna go ahead and start putting in motion how to how to uh, run for president or Congress. Um, and then now after this conversation I wanna start printing business cards on the back of sandpaper, I think is great. Ooh. It, it it'd be uh, oxymoron yeah. if if you will, or uh, or analogous. Uh, more than moron and oxymoron. Um, so I, I, I've got uh, a couple peers and mentors that uh, have provided me with some reading lists. And um, like right now, I'm, I'm tearing through Revenge of Geography by Robert Kaplan uh, and talking about how uh, geography shapes, uh, you know, politics, like geopolitics, but also uh, wars and, and why different factions have uh, have become more or less civilized by others. Um, Paul, I was just telling you before this, um, bef- before Revenge of Geography, I was uh, I read Fluent Forever. Um, so that one just talks about how uh, to approach learning a new language. Uh, as I decided that I want to start doing self study to teach myself Russian, um, and then. Uh, Dovetailing with that in parallel, I, I like to read professional development stuff too. So I was reading Call Sign Chaos. Oh yeah, Mattis. Uh, by by Secretary Mattis. It's a great book. Can we can we plug your wife's book real quick? Yeah yeah, throwing a, a shameless plug. Uh, so my wife Gabby and her two friends Kevin and Dan. Uh, so Gabby is a former active duty uh, aircraft maintenance officer. She's still in the uh, Air National Guard. Drills out of Portland. Uh, her friend Kevin is an A-10 pilot, uh, active duty, and then Dan, active duty, is uh, studying at Harvard right now. Uh, acquisition officer, formerly worked for General Raymond uh, as his exec. Um, no big deal. Stand up Space Force, no big deal. That's yeah, pretty cool. So, no no uh, slouches there. Yeah, uh, and, and I was telling you guys, I just got a text from Chief Hurt, former command chief here uh, at the fighter wing. We sent him uh, a book that they just recently published. So Gabby... Kevin and Dan uh, just released this book called Good Luck, Don't Suck. Uh, and it's a spinoff of 
the, the tagline that they put at the end of their talks when they're doing leadership talks. Uh, and it's now the name of their leadership consulting uh, business, uh, as well as their book of the same name. The, the, the impetus behind it is that there's so many executive level management books out there, and there's so much literature out there for higher level leading that there's not a whole lot for your tactical or middle management. Um, and so it really is a quick success guide uh, and some long-term stuff, but things that you can turn around that day reading it in your workplace to improve yourself and your organization um, you, you know, professionally or personally. It, it's awesome. It's an easy read. It, it's like they're talking to you. Uh, I would really book. like to have her come on. I think that we should definitely bring her on the podcast because I think there's value too, as well as like us having a discussion later on, uh, us having a discussion later on about strategic vulnerability, tactical vulnerability, like we were talking about, those different levels yeah. and definitely different levels of management and how to exert that. Mm -hmm. um, that would be a cool discussion, especially something to have her on. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Maybe we know a guy who could get her on. Right. Maybe there's this captain that we make him. So, Paul, I didn't, as before we close, I didn't ask you one thing. I want to throw something out to you. You mentioned your van earlier, and I yes. thought that was awesome. And I'm I really, I really have to ask. That's some vulnerability. Is, is it down by the river? I, <laughs> I really have to ask you because I'm so curious. Do you call it the ham van? No. <laughs> what do you call it? What, does the hammer van have a name? Uh, the van. Just the, the van? Yeah, I don't know. Why don't you call it the ham van? The hammer, for some or, or just the hammer in general. Jump in the hammer. We'll, we'll put it at the boat. <laughs> okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you guys for coming with us today, for joining us on this opera's awesome uh, discussion that we have, Captain Kearney. Um, I can't thank you enough, Captain, for joining us. It's always a pleasure to talk with you, hang out with you. But uh, we always take away something from our guests, and more importantly, it's awesome. It's always amazing for us to sit and get to know our guests more and it was awesome to see more of your vision your insight everything you do and uh for all the followers out there we're really excited for you to take advantage of all the lessons and the tutelage that was given out on this podcast and uh, we encourage you stay bold be brave with your thinking be vulnerable with your daily operations and your integration with your teams and always operate with some form of grit we wish you guys the best week take care Thank you.